Do you struggle with mental health or know someone who does? Join Gabrielle and Sharice as they discuss all things mental health. Each episode will be packed with information on coping, healing, and living a well-balanced life. We hope you join us in session. Hello, guys. This is Gabrielle and Sharice with another episode of In Session Podcast. We are super excited to talk to you today, and we come bearing gifts. We have a guest co-host for today who is going to talk about some amazing things in the mental health field, and we cannot wait for you to get to know her. So a little bit about our mystery guest. Her name is Asante, and she is a professional life coach, author, and entrepreneur. She has helped others for over a decade on self-improvement, grief, and loss. She has already published 10 books and will have a total, get this guys, 60. Yes, you heard me, six zero by the end of summer. She is the CEO and founder of several companies and we want you to check her out. So we're gonna put her information about books and workbooks that she has in the episode description. So feel free to click and go support. But Asante, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me here today. Yes, so yes. excited that you're here. We're so excited to get to know, you know, what you put in your books. I know it's a lot about self-improvement. So we're so excited you're here. We're so excited for our guests to be able to listen to you or not our guests, our audience to be able to listen to you and just to get all the information that you have. So Gabrielle, did you have any questions that you want to lead out with? Well, I guess um, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got started doing it. So I am a professional life coach. Um, That pretty much started when I was maybe 16 or so. I was a young adult leader. So I've always had groups of kids that I was kind of helping out or, and it grew as they grew going off to college and high school and stuff like that. So I just decided to become certified just to have the credentials. And, um, Other than a professional life coach, I'm an author. So, yes, I did publish a few books. I have my own publishing company, Ife Inks Publishing Company. And I also have a marketing marketing company, Ife Marketing. Wow. That's amazing. So would you say that your target audience, like who you work with, is mainly children or youth, and then you work with them as they grow? Or tell me a little bit about your audience and who who you work with mainly. So my audience actually started off at with 18 to 35. So I was doing the transition stages. So if you were going to a trade school, if you were going to college, or if you were trying to, you know, get your debt together or trying to, you know, save and get a house, it started off that. But as the years progressed, I went younger. So I tried to get them sooner. So I did, I did partner up with the Boys and Girls Club of Harford County. And so now, right now, I'm working with 11 to 16. Wow, that's awesome. Um, Sharice will tell you that's one of my favorite age groups is the mm-hmm. adolescent age range. So yeah. I love to hear that. And I like something that you said was I wanted to get them earlier, right? Why mm-hmm. do you think it was so important to reach them sooner? Because when you get to 18 and 35, you're already thinking like, you know, the world, like, you know, you've done everything you needed to do just to be out there. And it was a lot of repairing instead of building. So I, 11 to 16, you're catching them at the the right age where you can actually place a foundation in them. Right. And then they'll be able to build off of that, whether they use it or not, they know. 
they know what they can and cannot do. I love that. Wow, I'm so happy that those kids that you work with have you because I love that you said it's about, you know, building instead of focusing on the repairing. And so what do you mainly focus on when it comes to building? Like, do you feel like you're building a solid relationship with them? Do you help them build relationships with other people? Like, where's your focus when it comes to building? My focus is mainly on self-improving. So I want them to be so confident in themselves. I want them to be so self-aware of who they are. And even if they they may not know where they want to go, at least they know how to figure it out or how to get there. So my biggest thing for the for the kids are really to self-improve. Okay, we're going to talk about patience. We're going to talk about communicating. We're going to talk about how to take care of yourself. We're going to talk about putting you as a priority. Um, If they learn that now, it'll just blossom by the time they get out there in the world. And it's a lot of stuff that it prevents them from experiencing. Absolutely. And I think, Sharice, we can testify in the work that we do as therapists that we do see that, right? Like when you catch some things earlier on in life, it is easier to like correct it and build a better foundation than when you're setting your ways, you've spent decades doing, you know, things a certain way. It's just harder. And Mm -hmm. one of the questions that I get quite a lot, um, and I want your take on it, is for parents who are parenting these kids 11 to 16, Yes, we have some that maybe don't have the best home lives, but then you have other instances where you do have parents who are doing their best to raise these kids and it looks like they're not getting it. What would you say to the parents of of those kind of kids? I'm so glad you mentioned that. So in my workbook that I have, I actually have a section just for parents because yes, I am working with 11 to 16, but I only have them for a certain amount of weeks. Mm -hmm. So I did uh, supply some tools for the parents to continue it because they could be doing a great job and just missing a couple things or they just don't know how to. So um, to help them along the way, I just reiterated what they learned. I gave them the tools and then how to be consistent with it. Yeah. So if we're talking about patience, the parent also has to have patience. Mm -hmm. So we're going to teach your kid how to do it, but you Mm got to be able to receive how they're having patience and also show them a better way to have patience. So, um, what was your question? No, that was, that was it. Okay. Kind of what to say for parents, because, you know, as a therapist, we do, we see the kid and sometimes the family unit, right. For a set period of time, but those hours and days when they're not with you, they matter, (laughs) you know? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. We have a amount of time when we're working with, you know, people like in our field of work, right? They're only with us for a certain amount of time and then we let them go, right? And it's like, what are you doing in that time that you're not with us mm-hmm. to help continue to build your skills? And if it is younger adolescents or children, they need their support system to be included in what they're learning and their new tools to be able to create that a different foundation for everyone in the unit, not just for that kid. It's so hard, I think, for a kid even if they have supportive parents to just take the tools and keep them to themselves, right? It's Mm -hmm. affect everyone around me as well. And I think that's the good thing about working with children too, is that they're passing their skills on to other people and they're influencing Mm -hmm. other people as well, not just like letting it impact them. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, I think one of the things that's great about this opportunity is sharing what your expertise is and then how we can best help, right? And so obviously you have the life coaching and you're really targeting this 11 to 16. Tell me a little bit more about your take on grief and loss. Cause I did see you also did some work there. Yes. Yeah, so I wrote a book living without in peace. It is informative. 
it is breaking down the different stages of grieving. It's breaking down what it looks like. It's breaking down um, how you may feel, or even if you are not grieving, it's a workbook to still show you what someone else is going through. So say if you know your best friend is grieving, you kind of know what stage that person is because you're educated on about what's happening. Um, living without a peace came about because when I lost my brother, I had to learn how to live without in peace without him. Mm. So it's how to properly grieve, you know, cause I've done it. I didn't know how to grieve for about a good five years. Wow. And then that's when I started doing the therapy. I started going to the classes. I started going to the group things. And then I started developing a kind of coping way on how I you know, lived without him. Wow. And so I wrote that journey and I wrote it and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to show someone else how to do this because it's helped me. And, um, you know, when you lose something or someone, because a loss is not just necessarily a person, um, it could be a pet, it could be a job, it could be, you know, it could be various things. You still go through the same process. Mm -hmm. So all of that is in the book. Um, I actually break down my experience so like what each stage looked like for me and then i had an interview with my sister involved in it because my sister actually was the one who caught and saw everything in each grieving stage mm -hmm. so there was a lot of things where she was like no you did this or no you did that so i literally like had an interview with my sister and like where i was in each stage and each time frame mm -hmm. and um i included it all in the book so you'll have the facts, you have my experience, so someone who's actually going through it, and then you have the view of someone watching from the outside. That's powerful. So it's, it's all in there, yeah. It's so powerful, and I love how it's a book to teach people how to grieve and to just inform them about the grieving process. I think as human beings, we don't really teach that and we don't really talk about it because death is such a taboo topic like we don't want to mm -hmm. we don't want to bring it up to make people feel yeah. it, right and so sometimes mm -hmm. you know grief and we lose something you know we're going through the grieving process we keep it to ourselves and we don't share yeah. and sometimes that can take a really big toll on your mental health and I also loved in the description of the book um, you talked about it's not just about you know losing people but you know pets opportunities and things and these things that we lose, it's you have to learn how to live live without them because mm -hmm. it also can be a traumatic experience when you lose something. And it's not just yeah. a person, but it's things in your life as well. And so you have to learn how to grieve properly in order to move move past it. Not that you're ever going to forget it, but in order to you know reach new goals and reach you know new mm -hmm. things that you want to get to in your life. Absolutely. Yes. I love what you just said, Sharice, because I had a moment of reflection just now when you both were talking. And you're right, it's not just people. And our culture, at least where I come from, we aren't taught about like, hey, this is death and this is what you do when, you know, something, you lose something. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll never forget to this day, I, I, I'm not a big funeral goer type person. So if we're talking about like the death of a person, I've never been a, a big person with that. And I realize it's because of my discomfort with the grieving process, like being in pain, knowing that someone's gone. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, early on in life, I um, grieved a relationship, granted, not the best relationship, but I grieved a relationship and it was really hard. And we're going to talk about ways that you probably shouldn't grieve because I'm pretty sure I did all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I did not grieve that appropriately. And I did. I had a traumatic experience from it, you know, and it took me years of corrective work 
to to fix what I didn't grieve properly in, in the beginning. So speaking of that, what are the ways you aren't supposed to grieve? What are we doing wrong? <laughs> so I can tell you what you should be doing. Okay, okay. okay. You definitely should breathe, okay? Just breathe. Because there's a lot of, the, in each stage, it's going to be like raw or like you're antsy or you just don't know what to do. You don't know what to, how do, you don't know what's really happening. Yeah. Sometimes we don't even know they're grieving. Yeah. So they just lash out. Like you want to be, you want to see where you are and what's happening with you. So yeah. if you know that you just, you just went off on somebody because they cut you off or you just went off someone because they looked at you wrong and they probably not even paying you no mind. Right. Like you want to, you really want to like be aware of what's happening. Like, hold up. Wait a second. Did I just, mm-hmm. did I, did that just happen? Like, did I just go off for no reason? And I made that bigger than what it was. Then you should sit down, take a breather and say, okay, I'm hurt. Yeah. Okay. You know, I'm hurt. This is bothering me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not okay with this. So that's the first thing that you really want to do is just sit down and say, okay, I'm not going outside like I used to. I am, I'm sleeping more, or I just don't want to be deal with my best friend who we hang out every day. Like little things like that are really the things you really want to like pay attention to. And whether you know it or not, you want to listen to someone who's telling you that. So like, you know, you, you know, you kind of been short, you know, like you want to, you want to take that in because, okay, something's happening. There's a change in me that I'm not sure what's happening and let me figure this out. And it's really the beginning stages of grieving. Yeah. For somebody who may be listening, um, definitely, you know, get her book and workbook on grief. And I think, especially when she talked about she's going to walk through the stages of grief in that book, you know, one of the big ones that we talk about all the time that most people are familiar with is like the in denial phase, right? And the reason why, and I can, you know, full transparency here, I know that that's such a tough part of it because when you aren't willing to accept that something has happened, it's almost for me, I went into fix it mode. Like, no, that didn't happen. I've got to fix it. I have to find a way to bring this back, to revive this, to save this. And when you're grieving something, especially if it's a person or anything like that, you can't revive it. You can't fix it. And for me, I know that was one of the most heart-wrenching things is to admit that I couldn't fix something, that I couldn't bring that person back. I couldn't salvage that relationship. That job or opportunity was gone. And so if you're listening to this, I can you know, be there with you. I get that. And you do have to figure out a way to grieve that appropriately. And that's why you have awesome things like workbooks. And even if you don't like workbooks, listen to a podcast like this, or read, get therapy, but you're better for it when you process through it because you are hurt. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think hurt is definitely like the number one that's going to come up when there's grief and loss. Right. And so hurt is a primary emotion. That's what you feel first when something happens. But a lot of times with grief and loss, we're responding to our secondary emotion reaction, which is how we respond to our primary emotion. And a lot of times that's what people are going to see. They're going to say, Hey, you're being short with me. Mm -hmm. You're being angry. You're frustrated. And it might be that you are in a bargaining stage or you are in denial and you are frustrated because you want that person back or you want that thing back. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say, take a step back, like Asante was saying, and just breathe through whatever stage you're in and connect with that primary emotion because it is connected to that secondary emotion, but you don't want to go around just being short with people being frustrated because it's not helping you grieve pro- properly. You're, you're putting that energy out into other people. Mm-hmm. You need to take a step back and understand where you are and what you need to give yourself in that moment to be able to grieve properly. Absolutely. Taking mm-hmm. that energy inward. Yeah. Yes. 
And I want you guys' opinions on this because honestly, I don't think it was until I got older and started doing the research and work myself that I was aware that there was a grieving process and that you could grieve multiple things. Like I was never told or taught like, oh, you can be grieving a thing, right? Did y'all know that before? No. Okay. <laughs> I learned, My brother was that for me. Wow. Yeah, I learned in grad school, like you can, it's like ambiguous loss that you can grieve yeah. something other than a person, other mm-hmm. than like a living thing. You can grieve like losing an item, losing a job, yeah. losing an opportunity. And if you don't really sit down and like process through that, it can really hold you back because you are lashing out and you are doing behaviors that are not like adaptive to getting you to where you want to go past that stage. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Asante, what would you say that you see the most of that you like that you wish you could tell people more about? I see a lot of people not really knowing where to go or like how to find certain things or how to get the right help. I've seen that a lot. And one thing that I made sure I pride in um, being a life coach with the Boys and Girls Club is that I know I have limitations. And so I did partner up or reached out to caseworkers, social workers, therapists, just to team up with them and let them know, hey, this is what I'm doing. And if I need to escalate a case, like I would love for you to be the point of person. And I know it can be hard to find a therapist. And I see you guys already talked about that. Um, It could be hard to find someone you trust. It could be hard to find someone that you can confine in that won't use anything against you, but can really help you. So I feel like in a lot of cases that I do is I don't know where to go. And coming to someone like us is like the first step. It's the first step to try to figure out because if we can't, we're going to find someone who can. And so I think that's like the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now. Which is resources, right, Charisse? Yes, yes. It's so hard sometimes to find resources, especially depending on where you're where you live. Mm-hmm. And so how can people find your services specifically? And how do you feel like you do your your point to reach out to people to say, Hey, like I'm here, like you mm-hmm. can reach me and I you can come to me. So I do a lot of um I'm gonna start my YouTube back up. Um, I took a break because I had to rebrand everything. So um, I'm going back on YouTube, but I do a lot of Facebook things. I do a lot of word of mouth. I, if I see you, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm telling you what's going on and um, how I could be assistance, whether not for you, for someone else. Um, I do have a high social media presence, um, but I reach out to a lot of people. So for me to actually get a contract with the Boys and Girls Club was kind of like a shocker to me because he was completely open and I have complete free range Mm -hmm. to teach the kids what I feel they need depending on the location. So, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I love that you do, you know, your your point is to reach out to people and say, like, look, I'm here, I'm a resource that's available to you. I think a lot of the times that's why people have a hard time finding someone for help is because they have to go out and look for people, especially if it's like a person of color. Okay, I need to look for this specific person. I I can't find one or they don't take insurance or they're not in my area. But you doing that, that job of like, hey, I'm here and look what I offer yeah. is so amazing. And it's definitely, you know, needed because like you said, people sometimes 
they know they need help, but they are not sure where to go or not sure what's right for them. Or maybe it's a little taboo yeah. to mm-hmm. get help. And so I think, you know, you, you know, saying, Hey, like, look, I'm right here. Definitely makes people feel comfortable enough, like coming to you and saying, okay, I need some help. Yeah. Yeah. And I do, I, I, I say all the time, like social media and the internet age, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. This mm-hmm. is one of the ways that it could be a blessing in the sense that look, research, find you some resources to use, right? Whether it's going to Asante, whether it's finding a therapist in your area, right? Even listening to podcasts and different like blogs and things like that. It's so powerful because it points you in the right direction. You know, mm-hmm. we just heard Asante say that pretty much the main thing that she sees is people not knowing where to go. It's like, I need help, but I don't know what to do, right? Let's use this little tiny device that we all have, which is a cell phone, right? And go to work. Um, for some of it, I love word of mouth because we're different, Asante. I'm not a huge social media person. I try <laughs> to get with it. I try to do it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm a young person in, a, uh, in an old person's body. I don't know. It's weird. Like, <laughs> I, I loathe social media. It's hard for me to get but um, I think there's great connections. Sharice, you know, I think I'm going to default to her for like any social media needs. Like, girl, come on, let's get into that. Yeah. <laughs> but I can talk. I have a mouth. And if Sharice sees somebody, she can say, hey, I, I know a girl named Gabrielle who does amazing work. Or, hey, I know Asante. She does great things. Right. So connect, intermingle, ask people, you know, for what you're looking for. That's a good point. Yeah. OK, guys. So it's my favorite part of the podcast which is kind of where we round up and talk like kind of final points that we'd want to say, right? So Asante, you're our guest and this whole podcast, right? Yes, we're talking about you. We're talking about what you offer. What do you want to leave with people that you'd like them to know? That there is help, that you can find help. Do not do any of this journey by yourself. There is someone out there who is providing what you need. Wow. You just have to believe that there's someone there. Their yes, that they said yes to is just for you. Wow. Do not do this by yourself. There is a team with your name on it. I agree with that 100%. Yes, I love that that notion of, you know, you don't have to do anything by yourself. You don't have to do life by yourself. I think a lot of times we get caught up in thinking that we're weak or we're not strong. Yeah. We can't get past something by ourselves. And so we try really, really hard to find everything that we can to do it by ourselves. Yeah. But even yeah. when that doesn't work, it makes us feel even worse about ourselves. And so, mm-hmm. you know, breaking that stigma of saying there's people out there for you. Yeah. Yes, you might have to you know go on a journey to find that right person, to find that right team. But when yeah. you do, it's so worth it. And just mm-hmm. looking at us three right now on this podcast, we have three different personalities. And so someone looking for something might have to go to each one of us for something different or say, nope, like she's not for me. Gabrielle's not for me. Oh, Asante, like she's it. Right. Yeah. And so it's getting out there, finding, you know, what you're looking for and not giving up until you find it because life gets so much easier when you allow people to come in and help you. It definitely Mm -hmm. is a vulnerability piece of letting people in on your, on your, you know, darkest times saying, Hey, I, I really need help. Or even when you feel like you don't, need that much help and you're doing okay still saying hey like i want someone someone to walk with me in my journey is yeah. still really powerful and it can be really vulnerable to let someone in someone in and know all like what's going on with you so i really you know want to encourage y'all to don't give up and to keep trying if you're looking for someone and we're always here to help you as well if you feel like you can't find that right person we are yeah. here yes yeah. something that you said that i think is like the mic drop of it is that there's someone out there who can provide for whatever needs you have right 
And sometimes we do when we're in a dark space, we think like there's nobody that can help me. I'm in it by myself. But no, somebody has already gone ahead and they did say a yes, whether that's yes to being a life coach or a therapist or whatever. And they have what you need to get mm-hmm. better. And I'm a huge advocate for that, that um, if you look for help, help is available. It may not be in your immediate circle. It may not be what you're used to or in your comfort zone, but it is there. And I would, yeah, definitely want to second everything these ladies have said and encourage you, please seek out the help. Um, I can only imagine, and I see it as a therapist all the time, when people don't get help. I literally just had someone the other day who needed help, needed a therapist. And she was like, honestly, I didn't think about it because I was like, oh, people probably have it worse than me. So why should I go? Like, I'm wasting their time. And it's like, no, you're, you're not wasting anybody's time. Don't let anybody ever make you feel like your issue isn't important enough. If you need help, somebody's there to help you, period. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. All right, guys. Well, this will wrap up episode 10. Asante, I want you to tell people where they can find your books and where they can find you on social media so that they can locate you if they want your services. So please let us know. Yeah. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find me on ife.business. That is my website. Everything is on there. I am on IG at eFaze Businesses. And um, you can find all of my stuff on Amazon. All my books are on Amazon. And I'll be launching my book series before the end of this summer and a couple journals. So stay tuned, guys. Yeah, yeah. I love it. We love a journal. We love a journal, right? So that's definitely something that we can recommend to clients and stuff if they yeah. want a good journal. Um, yes. And so, Asante, lastly, where do you provide services for clients, like for your professional life coach business? Like, where are you mainly, you know, seeing clients? And accepting them. Right now, I'm doing virtually. I am between New York and Maryland, so um, I'm I'm there sometimes for the Boys and Girls Club. I'm here in New York, so but I'm here whenever you need me. Thanks, I love that. We are we need you guys. So thank y'all so much for tuning into episode ten. We are so glad that you joined us, and I hope that you guys can find Asante's resources helpful. Hit her up on social media if you are looking for services. She's a great life coach, and she is here when you need her. All right, guys, we'll see you next time.